is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Radiohead. Broadcasting live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now your hosts, Tyler Klutz, Christy Scales, and Brad Sham. Welcome to Radio. There we go. Welcome to Radioheads, everybody. The public executions have been postponed for two weeks. All deportation orders have been tabled, but only for two weeks. And then there's the opportunity for everyone to be idiots again. Uh, um, we Tyler was just observing during the moments leading up to uh, getting on the on the intrawebs here about how the public talk about the head coach has changed oh, in a man. week and I haven't paid much attention to it because I've been I've been listening to um, inadvertently some media people talking about both print and uh, broadcast about how yes that was great that was nice but that kind of offense won't get them anywhere if they're I mean the people are picking things apart. I heard I heard the one that oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Kellen was allowed to call this game yeah <laughs> totally different than all the other ones right yeah because Kellen took right. over and now that was why it was what it was right uh, and so um, it it is it is uh, as my therapist would say it's your work to figure out why you can't let that go and let other people's uh, business be theirs but I would just say that I think we saw the most complete game mm-hmm. the team has played uh, last year but I'll tell you when I really thought it started and and we got Christy involved in this before the game ever kicked off because you could kind of tell the atmosphere in the stadium was a little different it was right? charged mm-hmm. and, and the difference was like 90 minutes before kickoff and it was during warm-ups and this is the players go out super early just in shorts and t-shirt and do some jogging and stretching but when they come out in uniform they come out by position groups or like the specialists will come out together but like 90 minutes before kickoff and the Eagles position groups are coming trickling out and they're getting booed I mean, rain down upon by fans at AT&T Stadium. Now, it happens all the time to the Cowboys mm-hmm. when the Cowboys go to road games. But, boy, that, I was—I just took note of it because I'm like, what's going on? Who did they show on the, on the overhead screen? And, no, it was the Eagles coming out. Mm-hmm. And so that just kind of set the tone. The I know rivalry the, is real. It is. Now, the defense set the tone with the takeaways, but the offense, also, the uh, crowd also set the tone early. What does that do for players, Tyler? The energy, I mean, it's real. And, and you mentioned it on the, uh, on the radio podcast. Uh, the radio cast of the game is is they came out fast. It was an attitude. They were electric. It really does. So the atmosphere, although when you're on the sideline, you're not trying to notice what's going on, but it is an energy that you feel, and it's and it's undeniable. And that's why you always talk about like you'll hear people, the uh, players, you know, hey fans, we need you here at this game. We need you because the energy does play an effect to when you go out on the field and the intensity that you play with. We talked about the last three weeks. The fact that they came out flat, slow starts, and and, and, it, and it was real, and, and we talked about that. Now, where we talked about Coach Garrett's role in that and going in and making sure they were prepared, 
we office here at the Star, so we we get to watch Wednesday's practice. And and even by, and by we, Tyler means the multi-billion-dollar real estate conglomerate. <laughs> not of not which he yet. Is, not yet. Uh, ESRP. Yeah, here we key, go. That's uh-huh. us. Key partner. Yeah. Uh, uh, coworker uh, Darren Woodson. So there's some football guys up there. But even from behind the glass, not even hearing you know the the stereo and all that, you could tell it was crisp and it was fast and there was in- it, there was the intensity. Not that. They don't practice hard because I'll still. Everyone asks me like, "Oh, Coach Garrett's a quarterback, and you know he's soft and he doesn't work them hard." We practice harder than any NFL team in the league, guaranteed. The amount of physicality, the fact that we had pads in training camp for thirty days straight, not a day without pads. I mean, that doesn't happen in the NFL. He has them working hard. There's no question there, but there was something different. There was there was attention to detail and starting fast. And I saw them repeat. And we mentioned this last Monday. And we talked about how, okay, they need to focus on the first three plays of every period. Make sure that those plays are perfect. And what did we watch? They repeated there was a deep over route that they ran three times in a row on Wednesday. And it was the first play because it wasn't right. It hit the same receiver every time, but it wasn't executed right. And they ran it three times in a row over and over. And sure enough, they hit it in the game. Yeah, I think I have a new definition for execution because that was one of the key words last week, right? right. Get off to a fast start. We need to execute. I think in the NFL execution is not shooting yourself in the foot. And, right? No, it's it really true. it is because the the Eagles did that all last night with their uh, turnovers and with key penalties. But I'd like to point to uh, an offensive series in the third quarter where it actually resulted in a field goal and not a touchdown. But the Cowboys committed three penalties, offensive penalties. Tyron Smith, who is playing on a bulky ankle and is not near a hundred percent, when he's getting multiple penalties in a game, that's that just lets you know that he is not physically 100%. He had a penalty. Connor Williams had a penalty for um, uh, legal procedure, false start. And Mm -hmm. then uh, Dalton Schultz had a holding penalty. But Michael Gallup had a couple of huge plays. That was the series in which Dak had the keeper and then Mm -hmm. went face-to-face with Malcolm Jenkins. That was the first play of the fourth quarter, actually. And then ultimately, uh, the big play in that drive was the perfectly placed ball down the right sideline to Amari Cooper. What a great play that was. But, But, you know, in the previous three weeks... I just don't see them overcoming that, right? They they weren't able mm-hmm. to overcome self-inflicted wounds, and yet the Cowboys were able to do that last night, whereas the Eagles were not. I thought the um, I thought the tenor was set from the very first play. The the first turnover was on the four. I'm yeah. looking at the play by play, and they made a first down uh, before they fumbled on second down. So they they had run four plays, but you could tell from almost the first tackle that yeah. there was a lot of activity around the ball. Yeah. Um, and and if you're watching on uh, on the web, then you just saw uh, Tavon Austin's touchdown. Poor but Orlando. The, Uh, And then DeMarcus gets the sack strip fumble and sets up the uh, Zeke touchdown. Now, before that, he had the run where it was – it looked like he had scored and they did the replay and he was just short and then took it in one yard. And then Blake Jarwin had the one-yard TD catch. But, Brad, just before the Malik Collins forcing the fumble on that in the first series when you're talking about the tone set early, there was a very key play before that, and that was Cheeto Awuzia was uh, flagged for passing 
interference, and then it got picked up. Yeah. And if not for that happening, then the Eagles were down, you know, yeah. would have been threatening at that point. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was really a key. The, the, there are certain plays or calls that happen in the game mm-hmm. that are easily overlooked because they're such big highlight plays, but that was one of them, and it, it uh, helped set up. You know, who knows what would have happened, but ultimately the Cowboys got the takeaway mm-hmm. following the um, the officials picking up yeah. that flag. And to your point, though, right, that from the beginning, we got the turnover early, big, but you mentioned it on the game. Uh, you and Babe talked about it, the swarming, right? Flying around six, seven, eight people to the ball. It is really, really hard on a 52-and-a-half-yard field to tackle someone by yourself. In the last few weeks, and you guys talked about this, there's a lot of missed tackles, but they were solo tackles. When you're when you're swarming, when you're coming together. But again, that comes back to energy, right? Everyone, multiple guys getting off of blocks, being where they need to be, executing where and doing it. And that was that was the that was the difference. And that's when good things happen. The ball comes out. Um, you know, the center snapping it early before Carson has a chance mm-hmm. to catch it, hitting him off the chest. Those things are not accidents. It wasn't just People are like, oh well, they just play terrible. Like they weren't, they weren't very clean. But you force them to play bad because they're thinking about other things. And uh, I, I quoted this last night. It's one of my favorite all-time quotes. Yogi Berra said, 50 percent of this game is 90 percent mental." Mm-hmm. And so I had a defensive starter tell me last week, a guy that, that normally you know doesn't blow out of smoke, and um, and I said, "There's something's going on. What's going on? It's just not right." He said, "You know, it may be that guys are thinking too much, mm-hmm. because uh, we're like afraid to make a mistake." And last year, if you missed a tackle, you knew there were five other guys right behind right. you. And so, I always think it's a tremendous anomaly in sports. I was having this conversation with uh, the Hall of Famer Jason Taylor, who was doing the national radio broadcast. Uh, before the game, and they're just a couple booths down from us. You know, we want our athletes to be smart and not think. Yeah. No, it's true. Uh, it's being able to being able to process all of the inf- – an immense amount of, of information, right, that these guys have to go out and execute to the point where – you get you're so smart, you're intelligent, but you don't think about it because it is now become a habit, and you've ran through it all week. And it really takes someone like to have the intelligence to think about, okay, hey, I've got to put in this work on the front end so that when that ball is snapped, there's all it is all reaction. So the muscle memory of practicing the right way with right. the intensity that you described earlier, Tyler, that to me, if you've done that, and then you're really well prepared, which this team's usually pretty well prepared. I mean, I know yeah. people don't believe it, but they're pretty well yeah. coached. Agreed. And uh, they they last week for whatever reason might be three losses. Mm-hmm. Xavier Woods told us that on the post game show. So did anybody say anything? He said three losses said something. Yeah. So okay, if that's what it took, yeah, fine. Because what happened was from the very beginning you could tell that there was an edge and intensity to the defense Mm -hmm. that with the possible exception of the game in New Orleans I don't think had been there for whatever reason earlier in the year and now their job is to remember that that's how they have to play but if they play that way they can play with anybody and when they did that then they kind of set the tempo. Yeah. And so then the offense, when it came on the field after getting that first fumble, well, they had to execute to keep up. Mm-hmm. That's right. You said a couple things. Um, first, when he said the three losses said it. Uh, one of the things that uh, 
that Jerry top talk top down uh, has done a great job of is he's done a great job of building trust in guys. And I think had it been approached a different way after three losses, like the public was calling for, you talked about playing faster. You talked about not thinking so much. If Jerry had gone into that meeting room or Coach Garrett had said it in a team meeting room, so we're going to, whoever doesn't play, we're going to cut your A or you better go play. You think those guys are going to think on the field, but there's a level of trust in this organization because I know Stephen, Will, Jerry, Coach Garrett, they trust this team that they've put together. And yes, we had three weeks that we put stuff on film that we did not we did not love and the the result was not there but here's what i saw i saw guys trusting the leaders the uh, organization and their teammates and they all played that way and that and kudos to jerry and and the front office to allow that trust to be built because that is what great teams do great teams trust each other and they are not worried about okay Who's behind me? Who's trying to take my job? Look, that innately is in this business. It is. Someone's always trying to take your job. But the fact that uh, Xavier Woods says, okay, the three losses said more than any coach ever could, That's that shows the maturity of a team and what the goal of this team is. Yeah, I'd like to go uh, to the point of you were talking about practice and how you know it's getting things right and getting the technique and the mechanics uh, correct, so that you you know you just fall back on it like muscle memory on Sunday. Uh, interesting conversation with Brett Maher last night after the game. Of course, Brett kicks the 63-yard field goal to close the first half. Uh, it's a team record, and he's the first kicker in NFL history to have three career field goals of 60 plus yards mm-hmm. but so he's one of the ones who's not being killed he's one of the ones who's <laughs> not being killed <laughs> but here's the thing um, how he's so he's great at long distance can yeah. we all say that he's actually yeah. more reliable from longer distances than shorter distances mm-hmm. which kind of drives fans crazy but Take a guess as to how many times in the week he actually practices those long kicks I'm gonna say none. Uh, they spend a lot of time on their own, especially when the team is inside. Um, I'd say he probably kicks 20-plus 60-yard field goals a week. Brad is correct. He zero. kicks zero. So what he's kicking now, the longest that he... Uh, You've been around these teams for a long time. you got the long snapper, yeah, the kicker, yeah. and the putter. I think they go play pinochle or something. Yeah, the, the, sure the, what the longest that he actually kicks is in the pregame warm-ups on game yeah. day. The last kick that they'll do, when it's just the specialists that are out on the field, uh, they'll... Uh, uh, set the ball down at the 50, yeah. or you know the hold. The place will be at the 50, so that would be a 58-yard kick. But during the week, they don't kick long ones. And what they do is, Brett is he's working on the mechanics because yeah. the stroke, the it's kick, the should be the same. The yeah. mechanics should be the same. That's right. And so that's what they're doing. It's kind of like LP Latisar mm-hmm. in a way, who's the deep snapper. Mm-hmm. His, whether it's a 63-yarder or a 20-yarder. It's That's all right. the same. And I just thought that was really, really interesting. And the other thing, and it goes to where you talked about like mental toughness mm-hmm. and confidence and things like that, uh, talking with Keith O'Quinn, who was the special teams coordinator, got some stuff with him And you did last that for night. a long time after the game. I saw I you did. talking to Keith. Well, I'm, I'm going to do a feature on uh, Brett Maher and so and K.O., 
that's what we call Keith O'Quinn. Everybody calls him KO. By the way, if you ever need any fitness advice, he's your guy. Oh my gosh, he is more. <laughs> Keith, he, you yeah. know, Ed Hockley is is uh, actually jealous of KO. But he was just talking about how uh, Brett is just so mentally tough. Yeah. That from the time that he came in and he was cha- challenging Dan mm-hmm. Bailey, uh, I know so many fans were shocked last year when Dan Bailey got cut at the end of camp and the team kept kept Brett Maher, but he earned that job. You yeah. know, he beat out Dan Bailey. But he says, this this kid, he's just, you know, he's got ice in his veins. And mm-hmm. he's, it's just the same mental approach, and it's the consistency that uh, is what KO really appreciates about Maher. And, 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 and so I, I've a lot of the kickers that I know, most of them are good golfers, right? And not yes. just because they have the time, but because the mentality, <laughs> the mentality is the same, right? So whether... Whether you're hitting it from, uh, you know, 90 yards out, or you're hitting it from 120 or 180, that swing should be the same, right? And it's the same. Mm-hmm. It's the same concept with with kickers. Is that okay? Look, and that swing, his leg swing, looked smooth, looked easy. He didn't muscle it, and that's the sign of a good kicker. Because okay, let the mechanics do the work, and that's what's going to be consistent. Because whether you're kicking it from 30, the ball's still going the same distance, right. right? There's just a net that stops it behind <laughs> it, but it's the same thing. And that's and yeah. that's a mature kicker. They can okay. I'm not going to think about it being 60 yards, whether it's 30 or whether it's 63. I'm going to do the same thing. We were just watching. If you're watching uh, on DallasCowboys.com, we saw the celebration after he made the kick, and and I said on the radio, he will now be. Uh, Examined for a concussion for all of his teammates pounding yeah. him on the helmet. No, well, concussion or drug test, one of the two this week. Well, that that yeah. could also happen. You know, the, the other part of that of that whole thing that interested me was that now, if you play outdoors, mm-hmm. uh, obviously you have conditions to deal with. But I said, did you at some point did did you guys say, okay, I'm good from here, or did Jason say, how far have you gotten? He he said, no, we do that during the week. That never came up on the sideline. It he just made the cut. call and just go. We, mm. He said, during the week, we know what the range will be. Now, I know that that's not the case uh, on an outdoor yeah. field when right. the wind is, when they go to mm-hmm. the Meadowlands in two weeks on a Monday night. Mm-hmm. It'll depend on how cold it is because the ball's heavier, yeah. and it'll depend on how the wind is blowing. Especially yeah. there. Especially there. Uh, but for something like this, or if the conditions are calm, he said, "No, we we do that during the week. That there was never. It was just kind of let's go." Yeah, actually, Ko said that that Brett was kind of like time was like, "Give me a chance on this one. Give yeah. me a chance." And he pointed back to when I mentioned how he beat out Dan Bailey at the end of the twenty eight. 2018 preseason. It was the very last, it was the fourth game of that preseason. And you may remember that uh, Maher came on and he had a chance to kick, I think it was like a 56 yarder or a 52 yarder. It it was 55 plus, I remember. And you know, he he had kind of had the job maybe already in hand, but nobody knew. But it nobody but knew. No, nobody knew it. But if he misses it, he really hurts his chances. Yeah. But Ko said that he's like, okay, give me a chance on this one. Give me a chance yeah. on this one. Went out, nailed it, solidified uh, his job. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to let Tyler Klutz uh, dissect the Cowboys' offense now and tell us why it it either is now brilliant uh, again. Because Kellen's calling the plays now, or <laughs> or or why. This offense can't possibly work going forward. This is Radioheads. We'll be right back. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. 
That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Do you want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right, news and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say, Alexa, open Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. The excitement of Dallas Cowboys football is back at AT&T Stadium. The place is going crazy in Arlington, Texas. Don't miss your chance to see the Cowboys live when they host their NFC East rivals, the Eagles, Giants, and Redskins, plus the Green Bay Packers and more. Elliott works his way through and walks the dog. Single game tickets are on sale now. Get them before they're gone. First and go, quarterback sneak. Prescott pushes up the middle. Touchdown. Visit DallasCowboys.com to get your tickets to Today. Back to Radio Heads. Welcome back, everybody. Cowboys are four and three, which is better than three and four. Um, that sounded obvious, but it's it's not quite. Brad Sham, Christy Scales, Tyler Klutz, after the Cowboys uh, blew out the Philadelphia Eagles last night. And, and so let's... Um, Let's discuss the offense a little mm-hmm. bit, Mr. Klutz, please, yeah. uh, because it it seemed efficient. Um, people were dazzled by the uh, kind of triple option call to yeah. uh, Tavon Austin for the first touchdown. And where was that creativity the last three weeks? So would you address how situations present themselves mm-hmm. in games and uh, I read one thing from a respected columnist a guy who's a friend of mine who I think is really good at what he does this morning talking about uh that the the bootleg touchdown pass to Blake Jarwin last night was proof that they should have done that on fourth down against the Jets mm. and it may not have even been the same look Mm-hmm. You, you, it's uh, to yeah. me, you can't compare one you situation can't. to another. But please, yeah, enlighten yeah, us. you can't because here's the thing: is is as you're doing your scouting now. Look, you've got one week to prepare, but the scouts and the quality control coaches they're looking two, three, four weeks out, so they're already breaking down, looking at tendencies of the either opponent's defense or offense, uh, what what they look like. So when you create a game plan, you're looking at those opponents, what they show, where the weaknesses are. So for example, this or last week, the Jets, there wasn't anything that showed them in the Jets defense that that naked boot would have worked, right? Where the tight end slides down, acts like he's down blocking, spins out, comes back out in the flat. Like if if that opportunity doesn't present itself on film, you're not going to just drop a play to drop a play. 
right? You create your plays within within your system that fit against that defense and what's going to be most effective. So to say that they should have ran that against the Jets, that's really hard because the Jets may have shown a really good job of spying that backside tight end and making sure that, okay, hey, he's not going to slip out. Maybe someone's ran it against them in the past. And so it was like, okay, we're not they do a good job covering that. So we're not going to we're not going to use it. Um, Babel Offenberg made what I thought was a really good point last night. Um, the 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 sequence at the end of the second quarter that presented Maher with the opportunity. And Christy made this point during the break. Th- presented him the opportunity to kick the sixty three yarder. First mm-hmm. of all, you give an assist to Quinn for the sack that yes. forces the Eagles to punt. Nobody nobody remembers that. Yeah. But if but they've got to punt the ball because yeah. Quinn sacks. The quarterback. Yep. Now, from 22 seconds to nine seconds, Witten, Witten, Witten out yep. of bounds, and they move the ball into what, what turns out to be faithful. Yeah, in, into field goal <laughs> range. So the the reason I'm bringing all this up is uh, it, it was clearly really, really good use of the clock. Yeah, it was. Dad and I don't job. think it's. And I don't think that it is atypical of the way Jason Garrett calls a game. Mm-hmm. We've seen him, Christy. We've seen him practice that stuff yep. in training camp. Mm-hmm. They call time, it situational football. Yep. Thir- yes. Time after time Thursdays after time. And Saturdays. So does he get it? Yes. Thursday. So does he get a bad rap for uh, uh, clock management, Coach Garrett? Yeah. Uh, internally. Or just ex, 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 yeah, the, the so, perception is yeah. that he is a poor clock manager, yeah. and I think the perception's wrong. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the execution, it, why we have not been successful in the past last three weeks, we've had two minute drives multiple times um, at the either the end of the half or the end of the game, um, and we just have not executed those drives the way that we need to. Whether it was a drop pass, bad throw, or a sack, which was which has ended you know a lot of our drives in these two minutes. But this last one, it was there. And Dak did a great job of taking what was given to him. And so they they gave Witt space, and they let him, and then just get it to him, get out of bounds, just creep it down. Because really, I mean, what, an average play in the NFL is, they say, seven seconds. But in two minutes, that needs to be down below five. It needs to be really like four, three or four seconds. And those out, those quick out routes, that's what that is. But, so they went from 22 to nine. Yeah. Yeah, but you say taking what they give him, and yeah. this is the growth of quarterbacks is that last one. Yeah. He didn't try to force it because yeah. I think it was Mills who yeah. had a Witten there yeah. playing on the sideline. Everybody else was dropped back deep and just, mm-hmm. in case they decided to go with a Hail Mary or yeah. long pass instead of a quick out. And Dak intentionally sailed it way over the Cowboys bench. Mm-hmm. So uh, that shows the maturity there as right. well. And recognizing the, play. It's an recognizing the pass, situation. An incomplete pass in that two-minute drill as long as I Obviously, it's not fourth down is a win. It is a good thing because that clock is just as or more important than the yards. Absolutely. But to your point, the clock management, Coach Garrett, we work that the Cowboys, I say we like I'm still there, but uh, that clock management, we work that all the time. So to say that we're unprepared in that two minute, we don't have the right approach to it. That's completely false because they work that all the time and every scenario every single Saturday we practice a scenario that happened the week before somewhere in the NFL so they're watching all these games in any situation where they t- either a team did something really well or made a mistake and we'll call it we'll stop it hey this game this is a situation that happened we are not going to we're going to learn from their mistake and we're going to replicate this and we're going to go execute it the way that it should be should be executed. So he does a great job. I mean, as far as education on the game, like 
he educated me so much and having already played football for 25 years by the time I got to the Cowboys. I mean, the and things you played that, offense and defense and defense and the things that I learned about the game that I didn't even know were actual things in American football in the NFL. Like I learned from him and he runs through so many detailed scenarios. So I think you're exactly right. Give an example or two. Like the end of the half kick that just happened actually this last week in London. Like I'd never seen that before. The fact that you could you could fair catch a punt and then kick a field goal from the fifty yard line mm-hmm. with a holder on with it. a holder free, free with kick. a holder Drop kick yeah yeah, yeah. And I never knew that the free kick and this was a guy I played my entire life literally since I was four and this was a scenario that we walked through and not because it happened it was like hey we need to make sure that we address this and this is this is something that's at least on your radar so you're not like like I would have been in the middle of a game not that I'd be on <laughs> on the field. But. <laughs> <laughs> but you were, you might have been. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Let's uh, before we talk about uh, some things on defense. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's address a larger global point, mm-hmm. uh, which is I am constantly um, perplexed by the what appears to me to be the feeling among uh, football fans, and I think it's not limited to the Cowboys or to the NFL that um, the standard is perfection mm-hmm. all the time. <laughs> all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you have someone in your office upstairs examining every phone call and deal that you make and then explaining publicly why <laughs> you should not have made that deal or how you should have done it, even though the closest they've ever gotten to real estate is driving by a sign yeah. in somebody's yard? Yeah, I actually get that all the time. I get calls all the time that they were not happy with how I executed that transaction. <laughs> and <laughs> you don't get them all the time. Do you have your producer hang up, up on it? Yeah, blows have your producer up. Hang what up. was Klutz thinking on that? <laughs> yeah, I think that it's interesting, though, with the fans and the reaction. Yeah. They think it's such a dumpster fire yeah. with the Cowboys, but. Look around at the other teams, and the, their fan bases well, have the same thing, unless it, you're New England. But yeah. ha- oh my gosh, the the greatest joy besides the big win last night is knowing the reaction of the Philly fans today. Because <laughs> they, they are I, apoplectic. I looked at a little bit of the Philadelphia Inquirer this morning. <laughs> I ran out of time, but. Uh, the one charge, apparently Doug Peterson was accused in his press conference of his team being unprepared. Hmm. See, again. What? I, 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 what? Again, they were they were just outplayed. They really, they really, yeah. any, any given Sunday, they were just outplayed. I do believe we're the better team, no doubt in my mind. You know, they're a little banged up on the in the uh, secondary and on the front and obviously losing some key players. That doesn't help. But we are by far the better team. So to say that they were unprepared, I, I, I people just say stuff. There's got to be excuses. There's got to be a reason for everything. And your point, like perfection, is the only standard that we that we accept. And it's so funny. Like, why is football that way? Is it because it's a shorter season and we've got all week to talk yes, about it and build it up? It. And whereas baseball, like, if you're a three, if you're a 300, 350 hitter, I mean, you're an all star. And you failed sixty five percent of the time. That's yes, that's exactly right. Like, so you picked the wrong sport, Tyler. You should have done baseball. Apparently, goodness, and my body would feel better too. <laughs> You'd still be playing. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, but uh, yeah, and, and to your point, though, I, I really do believe that it, it's it's unfortunate because 
the mindset in the locker room is to pursue perfection, right? And that's that is the standard, and and that's why. It, and, and I'm going to kind of go off on a tangent here. It's unfortunate because you look at these guys, and, and, and I'm included in this, but as guys go to what's next, it's hard because that's not real life. Real life is not perfection. Real life is failing over and over and over and learning. And yes, okay, we're going to make those incremental growth moments, right? And we're just going to grow and grow and grow. Where guys are just baffled, and it's like, Guys lose back-to-back times in real life, and it's like, I don't even know what to do. And that's why we see some guys struggle in that next life because this unrealistic expectation of perfection is not is not reality. But you know, on Sundays in, in the NFL, it is. Well, so key also last night, I mean, not just getting the division win and being in sole possession of first place in the East, but when a bye is coming up. And imagine... It's the best week But what's it like... Compare and contrast uh-huh. yeah. going into bye weeks off of big wins or off of very disappointing losses. Uh-huh. Yeah, so the biggest key is is practice Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week, right? Generally, Tuesday's a lighter day. They'll be in shorts and helmets, and it'll be kind of a light day. Wednesday's a work day. It's like, okay, hey, we're going to make sure we're getting better at something. And then Thursday's just another light day. Send you off. Have a long weekend. It's great. But you come off of a loss those practices look very different and it's a lot it's it's generally special team coaches get a lot more time this week right so the guys that normally skip the special teams period now are in the special teams period and instead of it being a 20 minute period they now have 45 minutes to do what they want and those special team coaches have a lot of time to come up with some really crazy drills and so the 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 week Coming off of a win, it's the, the feeling is good. Hey, let's get better. Let's refine. Um, and then let's enjoy this week. Let's unplug, recharge, and then we're back. But after a loss, gosh, they just wear you out because <laughs> they wear you out because, like, well, you're going to get rest this weekend. So we're going to. Well, we're they wear, wear you, you out because somebody wore them out. <laughs> yeah, physically. Hey, exactly it, it flows right. downhill it in football just like everywhere Absolutely. else. Absolutely. <laughs> we're going to take one more break, then we're going to yeah. talk about uh, the defense yep. and, and looking ahead. This is Radio Heads. I'm Brad Sham with Tyler Klutz and Christy Scales. We'll be right back. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store and learn how to buy one smartphone and get a second one on us. Based on GWS One Score, September 2018. It's time for tailgate with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the Crock-Pot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce. The Growler. Hmm. I like how Otterbox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation tumblers at otterbox.com. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at stetson.com today. 
Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. To Radio Heads. Welcome back with Tyler Klutz and Christy Scales. I'm Brad Sham. The Cowboys uh, with a big win over the Philadelphia Eagles last night head into their bye, and I'm not really totally comfortable talking football unless I ask Christy for an injury report. <laughs> and there were three of them that were pretty significant on the defensive side last well, night. Well, Leighton Vander Esch said after the game that, you know, he felt like he. He said he wanted to go back in. Now, uh, he did come back out to the sideline in street clothes and, and watch most of the second half among his teammates on the sideline. But that injury to his neck happened at about the four-and-a-half-minute mark mm-hmm. in the second quarter. So I think the bye week will serve Stinger, him particularly right? well. Yeah, they – yes. It, okay. And I had a trainer say something at, that I can't – it was hard to pronounce and a lot of syllables. But <laughs> how ma- basically – How many stingers did you have in your yeah. playing days? Uh, too many. Many, too many, and, and honest. So, describe my, a stinger. Uh, imagine uh, boiling a pot of water, uh, a big one, big black cauldron of water, and then pouring it over half of your body. So, my rookie year, um, I struggled literally the last six games, um, and so every time I would hit someone, I would get one, and it was to the point where, yeah, I mean, I it was it was absolutely awful, and. It, it's something that only rest can heal. It's because it's a, it's yeah. a nerve it's impingement, a nerve, right? Yeah. So it's pinching a nerve, and so there's some some sort of inflammation or something going on in your spinal cord. And every time you connect, and it runs down your neck, through your shoulder, and I was feeling them all the way down into my leg. But again, boiling water over the top of you. It's, and and so and what we do, and and fans, and we all say, well, he's got a stinger. He'll you know he'll be back in a little while. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's the thing but they usually inhibits. do come back. But yeah, he went it, it, it into does. the blue medical tent, mm-hmm. and uh, actually, I think it's it's more than just like I say a regular stinger, and I don't mean mm-hmm. to diminish anything mm-hmm. like that. But generally, if it's a normal stinger, yeah. they'll come over and they don't even really go in the blue tent. Uh, Doctor Cooper, what they'll do, Brad, hold your hands up, yeah. like fists like this. You're a player. I'm Dr. Cooper. I press on your fist here. Check like that to see if you have strength, strength in your and, arms. Yeah. And Somebody so, call HR, please. So, yeah. so, so already <laughs> yeah, Brad, Brad's going to me too uh, on me. So uh, we're going um, – it was different in that they took Leighton into the blue tent, and then from there um, he just went straight back to the locker yeah. room. So it's it's more it, it was, was more serious than a regular stinger. It, I, I think that the one injury – uh, Robert Quinn, it ended up with a rib injury. It happened very late in the second half. Yeah. And he in the did, second he, quarter. Second quarter, excuse yeah. me. It happened late in the second quarter. He did not come out for the second half uh, yeah. at all. Yeah. And so uh, rib injuries, and I don't know if you've ever had one, Tyler, but our broadcast partner, Babe Loffenberg, will say yeah. he had a rib cartilage injury and set, spent nights in the hospital, yeah. says it's the worst injury he ever had in Every terms of pain. Every breath that you take, it feels like yeah. you're getting stabbed. 
So I, uh, you know, I I'm hopeful because Robert Quinn has made stabbed, such a so huge I can't difference. He he's supposed to be on the radio show tonight that he was scheduled for, and then yeah. as long today as he's healthy found... and healthy enough yeah. to get through the radio show. Now Jeff yeah, Heath, right. it, Jeff Heath was not a, a concussion. <laughs> that was um, he came over and. Uh, I think it might have been like uh, torso, chest, rib kind of thing. He just, oh. they weren't like checking for stingers or anything. It was just he, like, uh, he was and, and honestly. His, he was throwing his body around yeah. what, what, all what, night long. Actually, yeah. what happened was on this one, he's covering his man. He's crossing the field, and his eyes are back on the quarterback, and he doesn't see the receiver for the Eagles running straight into him. It was not a pick. Mm-hmm. It was just two a bodies yeah. two bodies colliding at full speed and it basically laid Jeff out mm. now I think it were it, it was a situation where if they really 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 needed him at that point it was 37 to 10 or uh, at least it was 30 to 10 at that point um, no I'm sorry they had already scored it was 37 to 10 so this was uh, with less than nine minutes left in the um, fourth quarter Maybe he would have gone back in, but, uh, you know, they were kind of pulling some players yeah. at the end. Yeah. So I want to mention um, a guy who never gets mentioned, but um, I thought he did a tremendous job last night. Kerry Hyder yes. is a guy yeah. from, from Texas Tech. Uh, he's from Austin, went to LBJ High School, and he's been with the Lions. He's been with the Jets. He's been with a few teams. They signed him in the offseason. I always kind of think of it, it was like a Patriots-like signing mm-hmm. because nobody noticed. But he's a smart veteran who can play and and tackle, and he's been versatile, but he's just nothing but hustle. Mm-hmm. I thought he had a really strong preseason, and Christy, last night, he I, I looked up to start the third quarter, and that's 51 instead of 58. That's when we knew that exactly. Quinn wasn't coming back. Yeah. And I thought that Hyder was a really important part of what they did in the he, second half. He really was. Now, he made the highlight package because of the fumble recovery. That was the uh, snap that Wentz mishandled there in the second half. But it was interesting, Brad, because Hyder actually got quite a few snaps in the first half, but it was the inside. You talk about him being a versatile player. He was actually part of the rotation. He actually came in for Antoine Woods next to Malik Collins. So uh, playing defensive tackle. And then in the second half, it was exclusively at end because Quinn was uh, was down. And so um, he's been a great find. I think technically he only had um, a one quarterback hurry, two tackles, the fumble recovery. But for defensive linemen, the stats do not reveal or show what the true contribution yeah. was. Mm-hmm. I thought he, I agree with you, Brad. He was the un, one of the unsung heroes. But that last interior night. line, right? That's what we talked about. Mm-hmm. We talked about the last couple of weeks that we really haven't seen a strong presence. You know, Tyrone tried to battle through the hip. He just wasn't a, his, himself there. But Malik had an outstanding he game did. as well. He did. He had the forced fumble uh, on the first series. Yeah, yeah, he was, and he was, was one of the ones who was mm-hmm. setting a tempo from the get go. Right. And we saw the Malik Collins that we saw yeah. in training, training camp. camp, and we've mm-hmm. seen flashes. Yeah. Uh, but and Antoine Woods was a presence, mm-hmm. and they need that. Yeah, that's right. They absolutely have to have that. So, uh, and and guys like Hyder, I've I've. Always gravitated to those guys who don't, Tyler Klutz, guys who make big contributions without a lot of headlines, no fanfare, no ego, happy to have a job. Give me 16 things to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and hey, that's you, what you did, and I think that's what Kerry Hyde You know, Olawale. You saying I didn't have oh. a fan base? 
I didn't you mention definitely a fan did. Base. I did not mention Especially a fan Especially the radio base. crew. But guys like Ola Wally, he didn't have fair. a lot of snaps fan last fair. night. There you go. <laughs> Guy like that didn't have a lot of snaps last night, but sure uh, had some key blocks. He had some big blocks. He had some uh, big I love, blocks. I love seeing that. Uh-huh. And what, what did you think? Uh, we saw a lot more of where Pollard mm-hmm. and Zeke Elliott were two, in the backfield together. Two-back combination. I do really, really like that because... Now, as as a defense, right? Just think about the mentality. Okay, we got two guys that are capable of making big plays in the backfield. Whether you line them up in the backfield or not, how do you how do you approach that? Okay, because generally, either you've got a safety or a middle line or outside backer usually. That's okay. Hey, I'm on I'm on the running back. Now it's like okay, so now I've got maybe a less athletic linebacker that's got to cover that. It's just a it's just a, a, a matchup nightmare for defenses when you do that. Whether you motion them out and run them, you know, run a little uh, stick route or just a whatever it is. But now you've got to accomplish it. But then also, too, it's a really it's a telltale sign of what the defense is going to do from a coverage. So you really expose what the defense is going to do early on based off that personnel. All right. Um, bye week coming up. Everybody take a deep breath. Put the hanging ropes back yeah. in the closet for a minute. Uh, at least, at least for two weeks. Or save them for your hey, save them for then, your favorite college coach if and, that's what you need. And to then do just it. remember, you could be a Dolphins fan <laughs> or Bengals. Oh. <laughs> hey, thank you, Kyle. You got it. Uh, this has uh, been Radio Heads for Tyler Klutz and Christy Scales. I'm Brad Sham. Have a good week, everybody. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?